Hello guys, Jack here from Jack Makes Happy Hour podcast. And yes, the rumours are true. We're heading back out on tour in May 2024. 68% of the tickets are already sold out, but there are still a few left at Edinburgh, Newcastle, Manchester, Birmingham, Leeds, Cardiff, Sheffield, Nottingham, Bristol, Bury, and our home city of Norwich. So don't waste any time. Grab your tickets today and come and watch me, Alfie and Robbie live. And me. Mainly me, Alfie and Robbie, though, isn't it? Yeah. Happyhourlive.co.uk. See you in May. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Darkness, phenomenal mm. band, changed history in the in the rock music scene. Yeah, <laughs> from lower stuff, and then it changed back again. We <laughs> <laughs> realised its mistake and went back to What was your early jobs? I ended up doing advert music, really. For my first job was Tango. Oh, was it Busy Drinks Company? That was That's the big a... advert at that time. Yeah. That right, was that yeah. was so like that was a big the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. I got, yeah, I got that was the first thing I got, and then um... making your debut in the World Cup final. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for real. Yeah. We have a jingle that we do every time we do a little catch up on this show. We finish that segment by going, "We're all caught up, baby, you're caught up," and it'd be an honour if you join us on that. Yeah, what keys is it? Uh, <laughs> the the, the, the usual one, the one you'd expect. You've toured with some huge acts, Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. um, Lady Gaga was one. Yeah, that's true, that's w- one. What is, what is she like? What is it like to tour with acts like that? What's the most rock and roll thing you've ever done? What? <laughs> <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> come along, my friend, come along. Get on board and ride this train. Nothing on this train to lose everything to gain. Come along. And then you just repeat that. Can I just ask, can people pay to listen to this? (laughs) Jack Mates Happy Hour. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Jack Mate's Happy Hour podcast. Now, elephant in the room, Stevie White's not here. You call him an elephant? (laughs) (laughs) He's not. I've been promoted to being Stevie. Yeah. Which is is demeaning, if if anything. Already the vibe's better. It is, isn't it? Just a nicer atmosphere. Yeah, I might make this full time. So, Stevie, if you are listening, P45 is in the post. And obviously, because Robbie's been promoted, we needed a Robbie. So Alfie, you've come in as the as the uh, Robbie. How do you feel? It feels really good. Promoted right, from the yeah. reserves to the first team. Now before oh, yeah, we b- before we say who our guest is today, um, <clears throat> an absolute legend, may I say? Did we all wear these shirts to try and kind of impress? Uh, I always dressed to impress, personally. <laughs> 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 because 
Okay, let's introduce the guest because I've, I've, got, I've got to mention this shirt. Today on the show, we have singer, songwriter, lead singer of The Darkness, and now YouTube icon, Mr. Justin Hawkins. How are you, sir? I'm all right. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Now, well, um, How is this relevant, by the way, the, uh, the Hawaiian... I mean, do no, you think that was... in that you're, you're also uh, wearing yeah, this. But it's just because it's a hot day, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> and as I, you mentioned just now, you want to show your decollete off. Thank you. Yes, my, my, uh, my upper chest. It is the best <laughs> part of every man. It is. I like it. I'm, I'm very fond of it. Sort of, yeah. Robbie, you do look like somebody's ordered Justin Hawkins off Wish. Yeah, I do feel... I do. I did say on the way up, I was saying, oh, I just going to think I'm just like trying to look like him, Brilliant. which I'm not, not. It's but, awesome. Yeah. It's a great look. Yeah. Um, Justin, are you... Are you an Ipswich fan? No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> no, if anything, Let me just cut and I'll go change. You've got a Norwich shirt in there. Oh, no. Are you a Norwich fan? Well, fear. yeah. I mean, I think what you've done is you've looked at Lowestoft and you've realised it's in Suffolk. When I say I grew up in the... Suffolk. But you probably grew up in the other bit of Suffolk. I'm right at the top, which is basically much right. nearer to Norwich. Okay. I was scared of that happening. I had so been I to see Ipswich play and I cheered heartily when they lost 3-1 to Liverpool. You, oh, you have fucked ago. this up, Alfie. Yeah. <laughs> well and truly. You yeah. just mentioned you're from uh, Lower Stuff. Yeah. So that I think the go-to question there is, have you ever been to Pleasurewood Hills? I've been there... Oh my God, I don't even know how many times I've been there. I went there <laughs> so when good. it was probably the first year it opened, I think, and it was a pirate ship. Yeah, right on the entrance. And they used to have a thing where you could they, uh, the donut stand was uh, 25p a donut, five for a pound. Wow. And then my friend would always ask for four donuts and that was that was our entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> It was a simpler time. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can kind of categorise every human on the planet into two categories, right? One that likes roller coasters and one that doesn't. Oh, yeah. And you strike me as a man that does. Confirm or deny. Yeah, you're completely right. Two days ago, I was in um, Europa Park, which is the German version of... Uh, Pleasurewood Hills. Okay. Or Disneyland. Is that what they have on the signs? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's the German Pleasurewood Hills. Four donuts for a euro. Yeah. So, uh, I did my donut trick. It was brilliant. <laughs> Robbie, what's your favourite roller coaster, mate? Sorry, this is all this show. Is. Got, well, got, You're wasting your time. I'm getting the hang of it now. What I'd like to know from Justice, have you ever been on the Aerosmith roller coaster? No, I've heard a lot about it, though. I've went, I've, I went on it a few years ago and I used to work at Soccer AM at Sky and then we went um, we went out to a Champions League final. We went on the Aerosmith roller coaster, me and my friend Joe for a bit. And then a while later, we were at a party, some Oasis party um, they, that they had in London and we were talking to Liam and someone sat down next to us, me and my friend Joe, and it was Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith. Right. And Joe was a huge fan of Stephen Tyler and Aerosmith. He had, he had this one chance to speak to his hero and he went... I've been on your roller coaster at Euro Disney. <laughs> Stephen Tyler just went, neat, isn't it? Me and Joe Perry went on it 37 times. That was their, that was their interaction. I love Stephen Tyler. He's the best. He's, He's so like, good. Yeah. yeah, he came to see us play in um, Atlanta many, many moons ago. And uh, I think he was fully trying not to drink. Yeah. So like every time, every time like the conversation would reach a natural sort of lull, and I would reach to get a job and if somebody would go and get a vodka or something, he'd just turn to the next person and talk to them like <laughs> intensely. Like he was really just wasn't, wouldn't allow himself to stop talking because he knew that he would just gravitate towards the drinks table. Is that how it was when you recently went on your trip away with tubes? 
No, it wasn't. No, no, no. He was he was very well behaved. He said he did. Uh, There's a friend of ours, an alcoholic, but he's completely quit it. But then we were doing we we're doing a video where um, we were sort of sampling all the Spanish hospitality, and their their local thing was cider, where they pour it, but they have to pour it above the head, and they catch it low in the glass. That's and, sexy, and that it was sexy yeah. because and apparently it adds air to it. You're supposed to shot it back. Was the idea of it, but but what the um. The, some of the younger guys would, who would, the waiters who would do were pouring it and looking at it but the really good old guys would do like no look pours oh. amazing but he said one of the guys who did it who was one of the young guys splashed it and so went over the tubes he goes that's like the closest I've had to having a drink and he just because <laughs> alcohol hit my skin <laughs> now we always start these shows with the same question to all of our guests Justin Hawkins what would you put in the happy hour hall of fame these sunglasses oh okay oh, because mm. these have my prescription in and then when can I, and I'm short sighted, so when I need to read something, I just flip them up like that. So oh wow! Like convertible, yeah, convertible right. aviators. So yeah, stylish and practical. They okay. look good down and up, actually. That's um, this sign of a good garment, isn't it? I good think so. <laughs> more flexibility. <laughs> you are the coolest man in the world. It's got to be no. said. Thank you. <laughs> and also to the listeners out there who regularly mug me off for using the phrase many moons ago, I just want to have it on record that Justin said it a little while ago and he's a fucking rock star. So When did I say him? You said it a little while ago because when I saw it, I yeah, got a little bit turned on by it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it seems there's a lot of issues going on here where you have to bring up <laughs> approval. Finding out so much about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like therapy, this. Matty Hunter on Twitter wants to know what your favourite pub is in Lower Stuff. Oh, that's a good question, actually. There's, um, there used to be a brilliant... Um, the Triangle Tavern's great at the top of town because it's a local Green Jack brewery uh, that provides all the beer. Um, but I also used to love the Fighting Cocks because that's where DJ Jeff Lightfoot used to do the rock disco on Friday nights. Oh. But, you know, I'm going back to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Early to mid-90s. Have, yeah. have you ever been in any, uh, those pubs you mentioned? I haven't been in the pubs. No, I have been to Lower Stuff many times, though. Not the question, though. Well, you know, I wanted to feel. Well, why did I go there? No, what do you do when you go there? Um, I think it was football related. I used to play. So, did you go to Crown Meadow? Yes, I believe. I believe I did. I played at Crown Meadow as well. Oh, what position? Uh, I was always a forward. Oh, I would be the foil to the other guy's rapier, if you like. So, so like the Teddy Sheringham to the Shearer. You know? Number nice. nine. That's yeah. nice, yeah. yeah. And um, we played there once. Uh, I was playing for Burnt Hill Rangers and we were playing, must have been like waving the youth or something and they were way better than us. I think we were 5-0 down and um, somebody took a shot. It beat our goalie, but then uh, right back just sort of dived and tipped it over the bar. <laughs> it was the most outrageous handball. <laughs> and then the referee was just shaking his head and laughing at him. Pe- he should have sent him off, but he just took pity on us. And that is my only abiding memory of playing at Crown Meadow. Would we never see you in something like, you know, these charity sort of football games, like soccer age? Yeah, but they yeah. say no professionals. That's the problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk about music because that's kind of your thing, isn't it? Yeah, I do like a bit of music. Dabbled, don't I? <laughs> I love music. Um, what's the music scene like in those stuff? Uh, I don't know what it's like now because I haven't lived there for a, a while, but um, there used to be a band called the Bash Street Kids and a band called Jade Vale and all these sort of, you know, the end of glam rock or cock rock or whatever you want to call it. There was loads of stuff that was coming out of our town that was sort of probably could have kicked on but then the whole genre died and then everybody was playing grunge right. I remember like um, all the guys that I used to play football with who thought I was a bit of a freak because I was into playing guitars as well as football suddenly they're all singing in bands and everyone wanted to be Nirvana you know so I think it's um, 
it does tend to sort of become fluid and follow the trend. There's always bands around. There's always places to play as well. So I think this, I would say it's of the East Anglian sort of mid, mid-sized towns, it's the best one for music. Mm. Do, do bands go and, go and play there quite often? Because I know we were speaking last week about how bands go to Thetford, don't they, because of the forest yeah, and stuff. Yeah, the bigger bands would go to Thetford. We've played that before. And there isn't really a, a sort of an air-conditioned good venue that you'd say, you know, would be on the professional circuit in Lowestoft. And it's also a bit remote. But in the 60s, you'd have bands like The Stones and Dire Straits and all this lot that would do like coastal tours right and they wouldn't even you know for some of these tours they would go just around and they wouldn't even hit the middle parts and it would be like a specific thing uh, that they were doing I, but, remember, um, I remember Blur doing like a coastal town tour in the 90s they that's, like Galston, yeah they did they? they did play Galston uh, Ocean Rooms yeah. yeah I remember the excitement around that because it was kind of like that was a return to some of the routing that you'd see in yeah. the 60s and 70s and nobody did it in the 80s for some reason it's sort of even if transport improved they just didn't bother with it you know? do you remember Lil Chris yeah, yeah. He, he's from Low. He yeah, was he, from Low stuff, was, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Ch- ch- checking it out. What a banger yeah. that was! Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great tune. Yeah, yeah. Well, away from Low stuff, you live in Switzerland. Now? I do live in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. And I read online on the way up that to get citizens, this might be bollocks, but to get citizenship there, you have to speak fluent Swiss. Is that correct? Um, I think you need to speak one of the languages, and so that I, my, the place I live is uh, it's got Swiss dialect German, but there's. Uh, I think it's Romanish and there's uh, some other language, like French as well. You need to speak one of them, Italian, probably. Which one do you speak? I don't speak any of them. <laughs> do you just get in on I'm English. They, they have to speak, they have to bow to my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an English rock star, what do you want? <laughs> What's it like living in Switzerland? It's, um, it's hard to get yourself understood, but it's the good thing about it is that even if you're in a room where everybody knows who you are, they don't bother you. It's like, I, f- I can understand why... People like Phil Collins and um, Tina Turner, they always sort of end up in Switzerland looking for citizenship. And it's because you can just walk around being Phil Collins or Tina Turner and then nobody bothers you. Oh, wow. I wonder why that is. Is there just not... No idea. It's something in the culture that just sort of respects privacy or something. I'm not really sure, but... Yeah. Lots of big mountains there. Do you ski at all? Um, No, I was always... uh, I did it when I was younger, but um, I remember when... When we were sort of successful and we had a big year, we were told by our record label not to do that stuff because oh. we had so many engagements and commitments that they didn't want us breaking our ankles and hurting ourselves, you know. I've, but, been, to, wow. I've been to snowboarding festival in um, in uh, Meerhofen in Austria, a music festival there, and I saw the view trying to learn to ski in jeans. You fall over once and you're going to be cut-offs. soaked. Were they denim cut-offs? No, no, they were, they were full then. Full <laughs> Any rips in the knees or anything? Uh, no, I, I don't recall fully. It was a while back. I do, <laughs> I do sledging sometimes because there's a couple of good sledging courses. And oh, I nice. took my daughter to one that was like, I thought it was going to be fairly lame. <laughs> and so we, we went there and, you know, I think I was probably wearing jeans. But, you know, I have a... I have a a um, ski jacket that's made by a company called Alaska and the model of it was Snow Dancer. So I actually look a bit like um, Aladdin or something. I'm wearing gold bits hanging off it. And I just, you know, and I wore some aviators. Felt felt pretty cool. Did they flip up as well? Uh, yeah, they were the flip, uh, my flip up ski from the ski range. You oh, know. wow. You've so, got it all, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything must flip up. I've always said that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you... insisted on that. Found your gravestone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the gravestone flips up, and then you can get. You just see my decomposing face underneath it. It's brilliant. You've probably been asked this question a million times, but did you always want to be a rock star? Um, no, I used to want to be a, a helicopter pilot, a doctor, or a rock star. That was my third choice, actually. Is a pilot something you you still plan to do? Is that on the bucket list? Um, I've got a few hours in. I think now that I'm a father, though, I've I've become less, you know, Thrill excited thinking. about it. I think I was, yeah, because I was always sort of excited about doing stall turns in the air and, right. you know, almost acrobatic stuff is the kind of thing that I would like to do. I don't just want to go from, you know, carrying a, <laughs> a dignitary from one town to another. I actually want to do yeah. stunts and stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think as a dad, you sort of lose that impulse a little bit. Oh, I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah. Like when I'm on a flight and like there's the turbulence, I'm I shit myself. I'm gripping the thing, sweaty palms. I'm I'm not a thrill seeker. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you make me scared as well. So we're both doing it. It's we're like horrible. holding each other, aren't yeah, we? Like horrible. squeezing. But squeeze. I've got one friend who can do all that upside down. Actually, flying a helicopter upside down, mm. and um, he he took me up in in a and I was I was sort of learning from him, and he said to me, uh, and I was a bit heavy handed because I was like, oh yeah, let's do this. Oh. And then he said, um, well, the first thing is you've got to stop holding the joystick like it's a Navi's prick. (laughs) (laughs) I lack the sort of tender touch that you need to be able to safely... uh, How do you know how I hold a Navi's prick? (laughs) (laughs) But I immediately knew what he meant. (laughs) No further explanation needed. (laughs) I heard you say on your YouTube channel uh, recently, which is brilliant, by the way, Justin Hawkins rides rides again for anyone out there who's uh, not yet discovered it. I think it was you that showed me, actually. Love it. Yeah. Watching oh, nice. the first video, yeah. Really? Yeah, personal favourite is, well, it's essentially all the Gary Barlow stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Christmas uh, Barlow yeah. slagging. And, and the did. performance where he counts the backing One, track. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is he doing? <laughs> These people are professional musicians playing along to a tape. Why do you need to count them in? It's, it's so just not funny. to reinforce the, uh, the yeah. narrative that you're a fucking music god. Yeah. But my favourite thing about Gary Barlow is, um, do you follow Tony Hadley on, on Instagram? Yeah. He's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. I just love his posts. Hi everyone, it's me, Tony here. And, yeah. does all that. and then one time he was doing like, um, Gary Barlow had sent him some wine. Right. <laughs> it's like a... So, and uh, the, the label had some piano keys on it and it's like um, yeah it says here medium so he pours it out and he goes he st- yeah, takes a sip like, yeah medium yeah so it confirms that <laughs> I was like oh, okay cool and then he goes uh, and it's got piano keys on it cool because it's Gary <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing classic Gary I yeah, love I, that I, classic Gary <laughs> I was going through your back catalogue last night I like the one you did about Youngblood very clever titles as well like you're already oh, yeah. a YouTuber like, yeah, I don't know yeah, how long have yeah. you been doing it for I started doing it when I was on, or just before the tour we did uh, before Christmas last year, I think. Yeah, because you've got the titles down to a fine art. Right. It took me many years <laughs> to master that. Like, yeah, uh, do you change yours after you've got them up there and you're looking at the way they perform? Yeah, if the analytics are dead, then you change them and they yeah. can go back up. Probably so knows all about my, that. my producer does all that for me and, and she's really obsesses about it and nails it every time. And I, I don't even sometimes I was getting frustrated with her because I was saying, like, everyone knows this is clickbait. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, then, and, then I, and then I had a phone call from someone called uh, Tim Pierce. Do you know who that is? Mm. Like a, he's one of those sort of Beato type sort of um, level music sort of guys. And he, he was really encouraging about the channel. And he'd said to me, 
that he had the same issue where he was just reluctant to use clickbait to get eyes on what he was doing. Mm. And then Rick Beato said to him, you've got to keep changing the titles and making more and more outrageous until people look at them and not yeah. be afraid to upset people with the title. Oh no, you It doesn't change like the perception of the content because what you're saying is still, I'm always being nice. I'm trying to sort of be... A, show empathy to everyone except for Gary Barlow actually you know, yeah. <laughs> so, you, know you know I'm not there to sort of just slag people off really but the title suggests that it is and that's actually what you have to do isn't it to get the eyes on on your stuff yeah I think, I think sometimes that can work in your favour as well though because like when, last night I watched the video you did on Youngblood mm. and um, like we think Youngblood's cool as fuck like mm. big fan of him and the t your title was what's the point in Youngblood <laughs> so I was like what's he going to say about this but the US is actually very complimentary and right. stuff so you're using clickbait but yeah. you are actually dis dis like, do you know what I mean describing yeah. the mm. point of him in, in doing so yeah and in, in, in that video you mentioned how he got famous at a much younger age than you did. I think you said you were 28 when you yeah, when it first, was, yeah. when it first sort of kicked off. So what was what was your early jobs bef before that? That's always an interesting <laughs> oh, one yeah. to know. All right, well, I left school and I started working with my dad on a building site. In Lowy? Yeah, in and around, yeah. Um, but um, I went to college and, and I studied music technology because I thought I was too old to be a, a rock star. Um, and I sort of started thinking, well, maybe I should just get a job in music, whether it's working in a studio or, you know, I wanted to just be in music somehow. And then I, I, I got my first publishing deal sort of by accident, really, because I, I was making a tape of organ music for my granddad as a Christmas present. And I did it at the college. And then there was a guy at college who was a publisher and he was like, oh, these are good songs. You should do this and you should do that. And then... I sent them to my brother who was working at a, at a publishing company. He copied the tape for me so I can give it to all my uncles and granddads and all that sort of stuff. And um, somebody heard it and then they thought that I could fill a part of their catalogue that was absent and then just do music for adverts and jingles and stuff like that. So I, I ended up doing advert music really for my first job was Tango. Oh, was it busy drinks company? That was That's a big a... advert at that time. Yeah. That right, was that yeah. was so like that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, I got that was the first thing I got. And then um, making your debut in the World Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah. And then after that, it was sort of HSBC, Mars bars, Iron Brew, other loads of loads of stuff like that. Can you remember bars. any of them? Go on, give us oh, one. Oh god, um, I'm so giddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited for this. Um, no, not really. <laughs> oh, my my favourite one though was like uh, we d we did like um, I did some things that that ended up being like award-winning campaigns, and they were like uh, I was doing jingles for the Church of England. Um, <laughs> so I would do like disco arrangements of "Christ the Lord is Risen Today" and <laughs> to celebrate Easter. <laughs> and uh, but I love those. Um, I love those briefs because they're sort of saying, "Can you do something that sounds like Jesus Christ Superstar?" But actually, it's, you know, a traditional hymn. Yeah. You know? So those things are really fun. And uh, I was always sort of keen to do that because, you know, that that producer, Mutt Langer, you know who I that the is? name, yeah. Like he, well, he produced um, all the Def Leppard stuff. Right, huge. yeah. Foreigner, ACDC, did Highway to Hell, uh, Back in Black, and For Those About to Rock. And more recently, he's done Nickelback and Maroon 5. And he just does huge, massive sort of epic rock production but he he started off doing like these um top of the pops records in south africa 
where you can't actually use the real recording. So South African artists would try and pretend to be whoever's in the charts in England or whatever. Yeah. And then they would make this <laughs> new recording with this unknown voice that sounded a bit like Cliff Richard or whoever. And then he would learn all his production techniques by doing that. So I thought the same thing with adverts, you know, to sort of learn how to make stuff sound like things that they can't afford and then rake in what money they do have and then keep it for myself. <laughs> you're, very, <laughs> you're, very into the, you're very into the craft of songwriting, aren't you? It's fascinating, your YouTube channel, just, just breaking things down. I like, all that. Um, Is something you've always been into? I think I've always loved um, songwriting, you know, and production stuff is more my brother's end of it, really. But I, I like talking about and thinking about the relationships of, of sort of keys and melodies and I'm a massive sort of uh, Brian Wilson enthusiast and I, I, like, I like anything that's got an interesting melody. I'm a huge Kate Bush fan actually as well. So I, yeah. like, I like stuff that's a bit, has a bit more sophistication in it. Um, and when you're listening to a song, is uh, are you listening to it just as a song as a normal or are you, do you analyse songs when you listen to them? I know, I know because when I, when I do come from a video background and when mm. I'm watching videos, I'll be looking at the shot selection, stuff like that a lot of the time sort of thing. Well, I... Um, I think I listen to something and then if it makes me feel excited, then I try and find out why. And if it makes me feel disappointed, it's always because I know exactly how they've done it. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you're looking for magic, aren't you, and sort of alchemy and, and things that where you, where you don't know how they've made those connections and how, you've, how they've arrived at that thing. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's like you hear something, yeah. it's like, oh, oh, okay, so that's the riff from that and then they put that melody on it and this, you know, lyrical concept. Mm. Um, whereas some things are just like, how the fuck do they come up with that? It's amazing. Yeah. And I love that. It's, that's really exciting. That's what you're looking for, I think. It's just stuff that's genuinely new and you can't figure out how they've crafted it, really. Well, talking of not being able to figure out how certain sort of artists come up with stuff, I'm a bit of, in this room, I'm the jingles man. And right. jinglesman. So I've come up with a few jingles. <laughs> but, uh, tell me what you think of these, Justin. All right. <laughs> what am I doing? Compose yourself. <laughs> Compose yourself. This, this, is like a, this is a really big moment. <laughs> <laughs> We've got screen. a game called Everybody's Got a Price, and I came up with, off the dome as well, I must say, are you feeling naughty, feeling nice? Everybody's got a price. Price. Oh, I love the uh, echo. Yeah. Well. Moving the chair back to yeah. achieve the <laughs> yeah. uh, old school. Yeah. And then what do we do after we've uh, done our catch-up, yeah. Robbie? Do you want to oh, do God. it? Well, you do that one, and I've got my own jingle that's better than all the ones we do here. Go on, then. Well, I've got a, a game I play uh, whenever I go on holiday. I like to buy a pie from a market <laughs> that I don't know the name of. I don't know what's in the pie. And I like to play a game with whoever I'm on holiday with called Mystery Pie. <laughs> <laughs> and that has its own jingle as well. And it goes, is it meat? Is it fish? Will it make you die? It's time to find out with Mystery Pie. Pie, pie. <laughs> <laughs> Which one was better? I, I think that one's more involved. Yes. Um, but I would say that because in... Obviously, it's beautifully crafted. Thank you. Yeah. But yours is nearer to what would be considered the ultimate sort of jingle of all mm. down on yeah. Yeah. keep it simple mm. I'll take that or yeah. ba 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 I'm loving it Mackie's yeah. brilliant that's, that's, <laughs> that's the stuff yeah. is that when you hear them to nod are you analysing that how do they do that one <laughs> <laughs> I'm genius it is though you yeah. think about like um, imagine like somebody says to you here's a hundred grand you've got to come up with something for Danon mm. Danon <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Balls to go into that meeting. <laughs> Who yeah. is that guy? That's, that's the one. <laughs> we, we have a jingle that we do. Every time we do a little catch-up on this show, we finish that segment by going, we're all caught up, baby, you're caught up. And it'd be an honour if you'd join us on that. Yeah, what key is it? So, uh, <laughs> the the, the, the usual one, the one you'd expect. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. So we'll go, all caught up, baby. And then you come in with, all caught up. Okay, one, two, three. All oh, caught up. You got it wrong. Sorry, we, we sorry. said we're I'm, we're all. I'm nervous, oh, Robbie. Okay, okay. Right, we're all caught up, baby. All caught up. Yeah. Up, 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 God, that's why they pay you the big bucks, Justin. Yeah, yeah. The medium-sized bucks. <laughs> Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddleboards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! I want to know, The Darkness, phenomenal band. Changed history in the in the rock music scene. Yeah, <laughs> from lower stuff, and then it changed back again. <laughs> it realised its mistake and went back to it. <laughs> what was the first moment where you and and the gang were like, "Fuck, we've made it." There was a moment when um, I think we were playing on Jules Holland, and I did a guitar solo on top of his piano, and then jumped off it. And as I was flying through the air, I thought. Okay, well, I'll probably never be allowed to do this again. But when I land here, this is going to be a big moment. <laughs> was that a big moment? It was, yeah. yeah. It was like the next day everybody was talking about it and then we never got invited back, <laughs> as predicted. It's only a Yamaha. What's he moaning about? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it was a Beckstein or something, yeah, isn't it? I mean, See, I don't know what that means, but that's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever saw you guys play was opening the Pyramid stage in oh, Glastonbury, yeah. which is brilliant. Got me, I, I, mean, I was, must be very keen because it's like 10 o'clock in the morning. To get yeah, up, I that think was they actually created a um, slot for us because we'd come up so quickly yeah. in that last year and they wanted to accommodate us but everybody else had the, the, the real times and they made a new one. Yeah, I've certainly yeah. never seen a band earlier we, we at came in, before. We came into the site on a in a helicopter. <laughs> on a helicopter, that would have been dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Did you go the wrong field or something? We did, yeah. We landed in the wrong field and then had to walk further than originally planned. But <laughs> Why we, was it a sort of publicity thing? Sort of I think it, most of the things we did were publicity things, yeah. But uh, also, what? just anything that involved a helicopter, I was down for. <laughs> I, uh, my main thing on that morning was like, um, I wanted to know if you're like in a helicopter and it's a hot day, can you roll down the window and stick your elbow out safely? And you can. Hey, so, oh, you nice. can. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So what? So when you when you went in the wrong field, that was all planned as well. Uh, that was the bit that wasn't as well planned. <laughs> I think. <laughs> right. the, rest, the rest of it went like clockwork, uh, smooth as ice. Right. It was great. It's fascinating, isn't it? Some of these like PR stunts that that people do. Is it was it Alice Cooper? I'm I'm not like huge rock person, but I, I heard Alice Cooper. You know that famous. Is it him with a picture of the snake? Round his body? Am I, am I making yeah, this up? Uh, oh, you're like, thinking yeah. of Britney Spears? She did one like that. <laughs> <laughs> Could be the same to me, I don't yeah, know. It's probably the same snake. <laughs> but, but they hired like a big truck with that on to go around like Piccadilly in, in London oh, and cool. then and then break down and cause all this mass d uh -huh, destruction. Right. And that was all like a PR move and stuff. Wow. Have you done any mad PR stunts? like? Well, yeah, but we in 2004, I think the first time we went to America properly, um, we went to uh, the New York Fashion Week and I don't know 
how we arrived at the conclusion that it would be a good idea, but we took a donkey to um, <laughs> to, <laughs> to the New York Fashion Week and just walked it around. <laughs> you know, the, and the people would start looking at us saying, why, why have you got donkeys with the darkness from the UK? <laughs> New album. Yeah. That's very lower stuff. I love, I love that the reasoning's been lost in time. We might have actually, like, I don't know why we did it, but I think the donkey was forced to wear a darkness t-shirt and like <laughs> as a sort of, as a, I don't know what comment we were trying to make about fashion and donkeys <laughs> but, and merchandise. You could read into it quite well, that. Mm. Yeah. Like, well, I'm sure people have studied that moment over the years in fashion. Since, yeah, and, you know. most probably. Well, did that T-shirt have four legs or two holes? I think it was. He was still naked from the waist down. So we're we like Winnie the Pooh, weird. Yeah, we didn't make him wear any pants or anything like that. Right. And it was, yeah. it was definitely him. It's weird because I was someone saying talking the other day about if like if donkeys or horses have wore trousers, mm. would they just cover the back two legs up to That's there, point, or would yeah. they cover all four legs? Yeah, they'd have to cover oh, all yeah. four legs and then the belt would go from the neck back to the yeah. thing. So they could still just pull the back down in an emergency. Yeah. And undo the fly at the front. There's been a big debate about what was the animal fee um, that were a ferret. And what, and, and, and what, <laughs> we are really wasting your time. Okay? So, uh, I'm glad we're getting into ferrets. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Can you get that up, Fee? Because we'll get Justin's opinion on where a ferret and how a ferret would wear a boob tube. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you got stuff to do today, Justin? Yeah. <laughs> Shopping. This will save me googling it later. Um, yeah, how would a ferret wear a boob tube? Oh, yeah. Would it would it wear it like like as seen in picture one? Oh, or? I see because of the the positioning of the teats. Yeah, <laughs> that's the issue, isn't it? And what are what is the modesty that they're trying to conceal with that? <laughs> I mean, the thing is, you want to be able to see the teats through the tube, don't you? That's the, that's that's the, idea, that's the appeal of, yeah. of it, yeah. Which would you go for if you had a little feather? Um, <laughs> to be honest, I'd probably shave the feather all over apart from the teats area, just because it's, you know, out of, out of respect, really. Just, yeah. You don't want them... Yeah. Don't see them flapping around, do you? Know? No, <laughs> flappy. When I was a kid, <laughs> I had a childminder, I had a ferret, and she had a polecat as well. And the day before I started big school... The polecat attacked my face and gripped onto my face and wouldn't get off. <laughs> and I had this thing. I mean, put there by my parents to be looked after, and as I've got a polecat on my face. So I went to school with a big scar on my face for a bit. Oh, like, wow. Traumatizing. So when I saw that ferret there, I was like, I thought you were talking about your moustache's origin story. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> now, the darkness of um, you, you, you've toured with some huge acts, Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Gaga was one. Yeah, that's true. That's what, one. What is, she, what is she like? What is it like to tour with acts like that? Well, I tell you, it depends. I mean, everybody's has a sort of varying degree of privacy and, and whether you're even sort of in their proximity. And we, we were actually really close with Lady Gaga. She was taking us for dinner and stuff like that. But I realised that her existence is so... It's, it seems to be... Like 24 hours a day, she's thinking about the perception of the things that she does. So she goes to a restaurant and we walk in there, we're seated at the table and she's already got like um, a tablet out and she's looking at the paparazzi photographs of her entering the restaurant. So oh, wow. she's, before she's oh. even ordered the food, finding the one that she wants people to see the most of, retweeting that so that she controls the the image that, that most people will see. Wow. So, I mean, it's genius because, and it's hard for her. I was watching... Because when she was touring with us, um, there was a lot of stuff in the press about her weight, and like um, people criticising her for being bigger than she had been on a previous tour. And I was like, "How the fuck? 
can you live like that? And, yeah. then to, and with that sort of scrutiny, it was really outrageous, the things that were being written about her. And um, quite heartbreaking, really. And yeah. we sort of, I was sort of, we became really good friends and it was kind of like, I just couldn't believe the things that she was expected to just deal with on a daily basis. That is insane. It's really inspiring, but but like so, so much work. And then it's all her, you know, it's nobody else is driving that for her. She's, she's actually a force, yeah, you know, a real yeah. force of nature. She's incredible. Yeah. And then you go, you do things like Guns N' Roses, you don't see them. Oh. And if you do sort of encounter them, there's there's a distance that's enforced by you know security and stuff. Well, so we, even though you're their support act, like I thought that was like a, like well, a bit of a mate. They're, they're more like the warm down act for for our thing, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> etc. Et <laughs> I mean, so just everybody's different, I think. But I've had I have had situations where I've been held up against walls by security, and you know, you just sort of you just got to keep out of the the main artist's way unless they invite you in. You learn uh, you learn the etiquette of it pretty quickly. Wow, I remember Tim Burgess from the Charlatans saying he um, he when they were playing New York quite early on, Madonna came in. It was uh, we told Madonna's going to come to their dressing room, and he'd gone out to the toilet, and he came back to the dressing room, and there was like Madonna security outside saying you can't go in there. Going, it's my dressing room. Yeah, the rest of the band. Madonna, I thought you were going to say he came in. came in, and then before he realised who she was, said I'd, I'd give the toilet a few minutes. But, <laughs> oh wait, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's who's a, a a name that pops out when you think of somebody who's really really lovely, like big a big star in the music scene? We often ask guests like the negative ones, but I think it's nice mm. to also know the. Uh... I feel like there's I've been the ones that have sort of established and have been up there for a long time. They're always lovely, mm. you know, because they they will only be having a conversation with you on their terms. You know, like there's no reason for you to have to talk to anybody when you're at that level. You know, so people like Brian May, if they you know, if you do have a conversation with them, it's because they want to talk to you and, and mm. they're going to be lovely. Right. You know? Yeah. And he always was. And I, I, I remember we went to, he invited us to go and see We Will Rock You when that was, when that was running. And we sat with him and watched it and it was a brilliant experience. And I was like, um, I don't know, I was choked up at the right bits and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm sitting here watching this with Brian May. It's amazing. And he was really accommodating. We went for a drink afterwards and it was really cool. And, um, but somebody came up to him during that, uh, evening mm. and said oh my god you're Brian mate you've got to have a picture taken with me you've got to and started to do that and he said no I don't <laughs> <laughs> off your fuck you know. <laughs> or words to that effect yeah. you know. and I saw look, I saw the difference you know it's like uh, if he's you know that's a guy who talks to whoever he wants to so when he does he's nice and mm. when somebody invades his personal space he becomes the other Brian right I love both of them I'll be yeah. honest yeah. Yeah. I'd be happy with either <laughs> But it's, you know, but I think you've got to pick your moments with those guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know. That's a cool story. You, you're a very energetic front man. Well, Robbie, why didn't you ask this? Cause you... Yeah, I'm 45. I get injured a lot when I do sports or activities now. And yeah. I've realised that when I play football with these guys, I will spend like... 25 minutes stretching before a kick of football when <laughs> everyone else just joins wrong. in. Well, that, 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 because I've learned that if I don't, I'm going to get injured. Yeah. I, find, I find 90% of sports... Well, what kind of injuries injury. do you get then? Pulled Tendon muscles. And uh, uh, just, just, just general, yeah, pulled muscles sort of yeah. thing. Like I'm not very flexible in the lower half of the body. Yeah. Do you do a much more physical warm-up 
Uh, no, I don't do anything. Stuff. Never. Anything. Never. I, I run um, 10 kilometers every day. Okay. Try e- to do that. Every day? Every day, yeah. Wow. I've been doing fives and I've been thinking I'm fucking yeah, Mo Farah. Well, yeah. you are, in a way, but I mean, just not as much <laughs> of that as me. <laughs> I'm just double as Mo as you. <laughs> That's Matt, what, outside or treadmill? Outside. Yeah, what time do you do it in? Um, I've been doing it quicker recently, so I'm like, a kilometer takes me about four and a half minutes for four That's rapid. That so is fine. rapid. That is Mo. Yeah. That is Mo Farris. Yeah, but he's doing skills. Like 200 miles or something. Yeah, yeah, but still. You've, still. You've, got, you've got a theory on this. So I just did the... I don't really like running, but I do it to not be a, a beast. But I did the Edinburgh Marathon a few weeks ago. <laughs> and it took me... I've done three marathons before. This is my worst one. Didn't do enough training. It took me five hours and 50 minutes. Yeah. And I think... Like, when I see Mo Farah and he's running a marathon, it's only taking him two hours and 15 minutes hmm. or so... So he's running for like just over well, so more than, I'm running for more, more than twice. Yeah. Also, I weigh twice yeah. Mo Farah. Yeah. If you said to Mo Farah, "You've got to run for six hours with another Mo Farah on your back," he could do it. No, I'm not no. saying I'm a better athlete. He wouldn't do it any faster. <laughs> I'm saying we're different athletes. Yeah, yeah. I actually think there's a lot of truth in that. Thank you. Talk to anybody. Talk to anybody who's like um, does distance running of any sort. The first thing they'll tell you is that it's time on your feet. Yeah, because it's an endurance. Yeah, that you're trying to improve, isn't it? It's not your, it's not a race. And apart from the marathon, which actually is a race. But, yeah, you know, that's that's not the best example. But you know, it's time on your feet, mm. so you're yeah. doing the right stuff. I think. So you don't do any physical warm ups before stage, but no. you must do vocal warm ups. Yeah, I do. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, we've had uh, Tom Grennan on the show. Not mm-hmm. sure if you're familiar with t- Tom Grennan. Never heard of him, but he sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I think I know who you mean. Yeah, he's um, he, he taught us a, a vocal warm up that we all did, and it? Uh, um, it goes, it goes. <clears throat> I can't sing, by the way. I'm the worst singer. So, uh, the thing with Jack singing is. He, so say he's singing the first three lines of a song, he'll change keys every line. So sort of one in every 10 times he sings, it sounds beautiful. You, yeah. But the other night, I don't actually, I've tried to replicate how Jack sings and I can't do it. I think it's a talent because he, he will go from it's not C, a talent. It's terrible. C major, C sharp major, yeah, D, so uh, incrementally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is the vocal warm up that he, he taught us. And then I was hoping maybe you could teach us one after. Okay. So we get a range. You know what I mean? So it goes, come along, my friend, come along, get on board and ride this train. Nothing on this train to lose everything to gain. Come along, and then you just repeat that. Can I just ask, can people pay to listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the vocal warm up there, and then each time it goes higher in what keys? Keys. Yeah, <laughs> Alfie's a musician, so I can Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. um, so, 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 what would be a, a vocal warm up for, for you? <clears throat> so, you know your vocal cords; they're like that. They're, okay. I don't know if you can. How can I describe this? <laughs> two, two caterpillars. Two mating. caterpillars mating. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, and the muscles around them control it, but it's also mounted on something that's in this sort of position. So you need to um, put your finger on your Adam's apple and put the Adam's apple down as low as it will go. What, press it down? Mm, well, just you have your finger there to so you can be aware of where it is without seeing it. But yeah. you see how I've got quite a prominent Adam's apple <clears throat> Yeah, uh, because of all how the you, eating how are you disorders. How that? Um, Whoa. Whoa. So you get it down there. Mine doesn't and move. if you think about the way you produce produce sound, you, you make the the um the two caterpillars mating thrash against one another, creates a sound, and then it resonates through the soundboard, which is at the back of the throat. 
So opera singers will sing with this in the lowest position because you can get much more sound with much less effort. And it expands the chamber and everything's louder and more resonant. And it's, I don't know so how to make my I, move. No, I don't know. I've never seen that before. Okay, that's why you put your finger on it because then you just... <coughs> so you're aware of where it is and then you try and move it down. You like... Uh, that's it, it's moving. Oh, 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 um. <laughs> okay, this yeah. is actually not bad. To, so then oh. the next thing you do is like you hum... Hum. And the reason why you keep your finger there is to make sure that the Adam's apple stays in that low position. And you sort of do a randomised... And as you go, as the note goes up, your chin has to go down. So it's like... It looks like you're chewing or ruminating on some food. And then it will stretch all the muscles around the vocal cords. And when you do that a song... <laughs> I, I hesitate to use the word song, actually, but when, but when you go through the exercise that you mentioned just now, then yeah. everything around the vocal cords will be sort of primed and ready. It's a bit like you're stretching before you do your soccer training. Yes. Which I also put in inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> and rightly so. Mm. I can't move my, my Adam's apple. Yeah, you're going to have to look in the mirror and sort of mm. be aware of where it is. It's, it's, the finger is just there to... Mm. Any particular food or drink or anything beforehand? Honey or anything like that? Uh, honey's not vegan, but um, the cruelty that they show those bees is, you know, the way they sort of displace whole hives and colonies. Yeah. It's, I, it's good for you, but I don't like doing that. Um, certain things you should probably avoid is stuff like um, spicy food, but I just love spicy food. I try not to do it. I, I always, I, I finish eating at least four hours before I'm supposed to sing. Because right. then everything's digested and I don't get any sort of risk of acid coming up and creating all kinds of injuries and burning and, you know, sort I, n- I never knew that there was, <laughs> not to like mug you off, but I didn't know there was that much that goes into it. Like, yeah, you most have to of it's sketch- just pissing around with a cat suit on, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there's some science behind it as well, you know, to, to preserve the... The instrument itself, you know, that's why that, that's another reason why there's some guys who get to my age and above who can't actually do it anymore. Is that you got to look after it, you know. It's basically don't some a, people a Stradivarius have... violin. You know, you don't just leave it sitting in the sun and then just pick it up and expect mm-hmm. it to work. You've got to look after it. You know, some people have to have an operation, don't they? Because they're not singing with proper, well, proper but good technique. And so, well, it can happen. You can get all kinds of stuff. I, I did have an operation because I had a polyp on my voice. Oh, wow. Uh, on my vocal cords. And it's like, um, you see a lump like that and you think, oh, fuck, it's cancer straight away. And then they, they need to do a biopsy. So the, the first thing they do is cut it off and check it. And at that point, you lose your voice anyway because they've carved a bit out of your vocal cords. Right. Oh. So I had like a, a, a long period of sort of um, aftercare. Wow. The, the, where you need to sort of... Um, get that back to where it was you know because mm. you, you sort of have a little gap in your thing but when you've had a lump like that um the lump prevents the two mating caterpillars from actually meeting in the middle and so you've, you've if you can sing while that's there then you're all right really because you're singing around that and once that goes you've just got to adjust it slightly wow. and, and find a new way so I've, I've had i've had to do that and i know there's a lot of singers have had the same problem like um adele adele yeah, 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 yeah i think it. sam yeah. smith as well sam like, smith yeah fame i think rod stewart years ago mm. so a lot of those guys I mean, his might have even been smokers polyps which would have been way more lumps and probably a much more involved procedure wow you know but there's a lot of pitfalls and you just you got to be grateful for every time you can sing really a, a, a lot of people uh, like well respected artists in the industry have actually gone on record and said that you've like got one of the best voices ar- around in the world is that something that you knew from an early age or did you have to to learn it because to me somebody who knows nothing about music i just assume you've just 
you've just got it. Right? Yeah, that is the truth. Yeah, is it? Because I think, um, I mean, you can train it and you can preserve it. I mean, I've lost a bit of range because I had like a whistle tone above it. I used to be able to sing um, like the Mariah Carey stuff, the really, really like a, it sounds like somebody whistling. Now yeah. I have to just whistle instead, um, which I have this lovely trill. To, oh yeah. You know, to, very nice. Yeah, birds. Yeah, so I can charm the birds from the very trees. How how high can you go now? I don't know. I would, don't know. Would you do it? No. He's done his warm ups. I've got. I'll be here for another hour. When I warm up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to get a piano out. I'm not, yeah. not going to use your. Uh, and you'll jump off it. I'm not going to pitch to your. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next thing you know, you don't invite me back because I've ruined your piano. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the greatest living rock star on the planet, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh my god, there's people that I'm really excited about. Who, are, I mean, the greatest living ones. Who would they be? The Steven Tyler's. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't really look past him. Jimmy Page is still alive. Jeff Beck is one of the most phenomenal guitar players there's ever been. And he's still going and still looks about 10. Mick Jagger's doing all right. Mick yeah. Jagger, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These are the greats, but I mean, they're the obvious ones. There's really, really cool. I love, I've um, been listening a lot to Lewis Cole. Do you know who that is? No. If you, do you know who Jacob Collier is? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, these, he's like one of those sort of um, phenomenally yeah, talented sort of guys who knows all the genius, theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolute yeah. genius, like multi instrumentalist and just annoyingly talented mm. in every possible way Lewis Cole's another one of them but I think Lewis Cole has got so much sort of character in what he's doing like his uh, persona is is um, unique his voice is a little bit more distinctive I think right. um, it's, it's a bit fucked up in places and it's really cool but he's a great drummer great bass player great keyboard player and he writes really interesting songs so I think yeah. he's, he's my current favourite artist at the moment those people are the worst honestly yeah. It's just so annoying. You should check out Lewis Cole's live sesh. I mean, it's from about 2018, mm. but um, and it's, it's him with a sort of looping station and he plays drums and, and sings. Mm. Uh, and he has like this enormous brass section and some other musicians Amazing. who are just like, oh, you've never seen musicianship like it. I just watched the videos and I'm like, oh. yeah. It really, is, it really is exciting. It is. Have you seen Jacob play uh, Fix You to Chris Martin? On an Instagram live. I think the Chris Martin bit would have put me off it, to yeah. be honest. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. No, well, not, you'd probably like it because Chris Martin just completely bows and yeah, says, I did see, that's better I saw, than I could ever do it. I saw Chris Martin talking about Jacob Collier and he said um, that when he recognised his talent, he realised that he'd be able to use Jacob Collier to make Coldplay sound better. So he was, help, right, so he was asking okay. him to help with some choral arrangement stuff that they were doing. Wow. Which is, I thought that was really cool of Chris Martin to say that. And I, I also really enjoyed the the Coldplay announcement when he said um, that they weren't going to make any more studio records. Because mm. I just thought, you know, whilst it's, you know, some people could be flippant and go, oh, yay, at last, you know. <laughs> but really, if you think about even the Rolling Stones, who are still like a massive touring entity, they can play stadiums in South America or whatever, nobody cares about the records that they made before, like, 1990. Yeah. Right. Apart from the ones that are since 1990. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, why would you bother... Because it's all all it's going to do is dilute, and, yeah. and if you go if you go to a Rolling Stones gig and they say this one's from our latest album, people are going to go, oh for fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, just like, when you've got that many songs, you don't need any more, do you? Mm. And I think Coldplay have really 
that's a really smart decision. But I, I was surprised to see um, on Spotify the other day that Coldplay's most streamed song is one of their new ones or newer ones. But like, is that the one with BTS though? No, it's the one. There's something just like the, you know, that one. Some... Is that their most streamed, or is that just at the pot? The no, most popular. No, I currently? think that's got like, like. How one... does it go? I'm shit, mate. No, 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 no. You're doing a great job. Something just like this. And then the music kick. Yeah. Is that because streaming's more popular now than Maybe. when they. It, it had more streams than yeah. Yellow and the Science. Yeah, but Yellow, yellow would have come out pre streaming. Oh, yeah. Most people have got that on compact disc. Yes. Probably. Mm. Maybe it's that. What's the most rock and roll thing you've ever done? What? <laughs> <laughs> How long have you got? <laughs> well, have you ever thrown a TV out of a window? Um, That's the cliche, isn't okay, it? Okay, well, I've done... You go, you do that once. Oh, you, you, know. so you have done that? Yeah, we did something like that. You know, there was um, a lovely sort of boutique hotel that we stayed in in, in um, Germany somewhere. And the German national football team was in the same thing. So the German sort of secret service people were there telling us to be quiet in the bar, which was a bit of a no-no at the time for us. And we, d- we didn't take to that very well. <laughs> we just tried to make as much noise as possible. Um, part of that was like we went to, <laughs> we went to my, um, our drummer's room and, and sort of broke everything in it. And then we went to my room, broke everything in that. And it was sort of like, as we were sort of pulling the chair, the drawers out and putting our feet through, it was, it was completely disgraceful. Like it was... It was so horrible. And then the next day, um, we, there was only like a, a small section of my bed that well, didn't have broken glass on it and stuff. And me and me and the drummer were sort of laying there, curled up, sort of like um, completely hung over. And then this guy, the security from the hotel, came in, and um, and I saw him and I went, "Oh my God, what's happened here?" You know, really trying, really trying to style it out, and it didn't work. And then they they said, uh, you know, we had to pay. It was literally sort of tens of thousands, it wasn't hundreds of thousands, but it was tens of thousands. Otherwise they would call the police, you know. And as as we were leaving the hotel, the, the manager was visibly upset and he said, do you do this at every hotel you go to like this? And I said, and I was still drunk, so I said, no, I made a special exception just for you. <laughs> and, and, I bet uh, that went down well with the German sense of humour. It wasn't good, no. <laughs> then, you know, when the full implication of it occurred to us and we sobered up, it was... We were crying, not it was with shame. You know, it was right. No, it's not. No, it's not like it was because you do that stuff, and then like you get this cataclysmic wave of regret that comes yeah. after, it, and it isn't worth it. You know, no. And also, like once that first wave of regret, when you realise that you've, you know, you know, you've shamed yourself and your family and you know your partner, and and you said it is a disgrace. You know, and then then you look at your bank account, and you're like, fuck, what have I done? You know. <laughs> Do you think um, flat screen TVs have ruined throwing TVs out of the window? Because I can't imagine they smash as well as the old ones. No, no, it's much more emphatic. You can throw, you put a bit of spin Frisbee, on it, yeah. and then you can hit mm. the lake uh, over the other side of the road almost. You know? Skim wow. it, skim it on the water. Yeah, it'll bounce a couple of times. Mm. It'd be nice. Wow, or a little iPad. Yeah, get some force behind that. Mm-hmm. I no, think not as, <laughs> not as impressive throwing, <laughs> it on, throwing your own iPad out the window. <laughs> is it? I think the most rock and roll thing I've ever done is do you remember you know the yellow pages, the old books. Yeah, I used to steal them off people's doorsteps, and I had this little garage, um, and I used to have hundreds of these yellow pages in there, and I used to sort of just 
lay in it like it was my kingdom. Brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty rock and roll, that, isn't it? Wow, I wonder what the compulsion is that, that led to that. What was... Don't know, a lot of childhood, childhood trauma. Yeah, to yeah. do with books. <laughs> Don't know. It was, you know that scene in Breaking Bad where he sits in all the money, all the cash? That was how I thought I was in my head. But yeah. Yellow pages. But yeah. My Yellow most... pages, just a telephone directory. What number do you need? I've got more. Yeah. My most rock and roll thing was I was... Um, I got asked to direct a music video. I don't, I've not directed many music videos. This is fucking brilliant. This is good. It. And it was an electronic artist called Brolin, lovely guy. And we, um, we the idea, it was, the song was called Night Driving. So we were going <laughs> to drive around at night in a car, basically. So we got some, we got given this convertible Audi thing and, and we were in Berlin and we'd, we'd flown up there and Brolin was driving and he got to the gate and we went to put the ticket into the car park gate as we were leaving and he accidentally hadn't put the brake on properly and the car just drove through and smashed through the barriers. I thought, God, there's never, I'm never going to get cool with them while I'm, I'm smashing through a car park barrier to direct a music video in Berlin. I wanted every girl I'd ever known to walk past at that moment. Is that Robbie? Yeah, yeah, it is, girls. What, what traits do you need to be a good rock star? I think you have to have a really... You have to have a, a rhinoceros skin, and I'm not just you know in terms of the flack that you have to you know deal with because mm. everybody's going to say some bad things about you. You need to be able to divide people, so you have to be sort of fearless in the sense that you you have to be unconcerned and unaffected by the possibility of upsetting folk and that's much more difficult in cancel cancel culture yeah you know because you've got to the 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 your usual touchstones that would that would create that sort of divisive opinions mm. would uh, get you into a lot of trouble you know so i think you just got to be an exaggeration of yourself you know, it's a bit like, I think it's a bit like method acting, really. You've got to be a good actor to put yeah. it off. Because I think people can see if you're fake. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say that, you know, there's a lot of people in the rock trade who are polite and nice and they have no character and, it's, and it's, nothing excites you like that. But the ones that really get your, catch your imagination, they don't, they have a sort of nihilism in them where they don't care what anyone thinks and they're just like, wow. Have have you have you always had thick skin, or is that something you had to learn? Because you must have had criticisms. No, I've, I used to get really upset about all the things that I really. Yeah, it's, I'm very sensitive, but that's that's something that you you can learn. That one, you know, you can. But you 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 do YouTube content now, and that that can be the most brutal and cut cutthroat yeah. of yeah. Of I mean, it's like a cesspool. The comment section is a cesspool. Yeah, but you really have to. I don't know. You have to just realise that the reason why you do this kind of stuff, I'm sure it's the same for you guys as well, is so that you don't have to deal with those kinds of people in real life. Yeah. <laughs> but you, sooner or later you have to sort of acknowledge that they exist and at the moment they're most sort of, um, their easiest way to get through to you is in that, that medium, isn't it? Do, do you read them, the YouTube comments and stuff? Yeah, I read all of them. <laughs> <laughs> All, every single one, <laughs> and I take them all to heart, and I, and I try to address them. And uh, you know, it's not like I just get a curated set of them that, I, that, that my producer knows isn't going to hurt me. <laughs> yeah. I, I look at all warts and all. Yeah, you know, nothing's ever muted. No one ever gets blocked. Uh, come one, come all, and say what you got to say. I'm here to react to it and respond to it. It's inspiring. <laughs> 
Thank you. I do try to inspire people, yeah. Well, where there's criticism, there's always going to be fans as well, and the darkness have yeah. millions across across the world. What's the, um, again, another question you've probably answered before, but what's the, the weirdest fan interaction you've ever had? I've signed, I think one, uh, one time somebody brought... Um, a stuffed dog along to a VIP thing and said that I always hated this dog and when it died I had it stuffed and I want you to sign it and then um, so Ed our drummer signed its balls he put an E on one and a D on the other what? that was nice yeah and then and then, but we had you know you get some uh, you get things like um, a long long time ago there was um, a situation when when I had a sort of stalkery type thing and it was somebody who wanted to stabbed my partner they were it was death threats basically and 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 at the time I was in a relationship with the manager of the band so I was privy to a lot of the things I probably wouldn't have seen otherwise you know Mm. and so there was a PO box that was which was a forwarding address really so they never had the home address but the stuff like that was coming to the house because I lived with the manager so I was looking at like um I was seeing this stuff and we had um (laughs) I can't I can't tell you Okay, so then the <laughs> Yay, that's we're back. absolutely no persuasion. All right, I'm going to take a left turn. I won't tell the, that story. But okay, there's another one where um, somebody started sending me like um, I got a big box, and uh, in it was um, like all of this person's achievements, personal achievements. You know, things like um, diplomas. You know, like school rec- school reports and all these things from her childhood. You know, and um, and then in the in the uh, <laughs> there was also three big bottles of um, maple syrup, and um, the letter said, um, "Here's a, here's a few of my um, personal things. I'm I'll, I'm coming to live with you soon, so just put these um, look after these for me until I get there." Um, the bottles of syrup, one of them's for you, one's for your brother, and one's for Ginger from the Wild Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pass that on. And then, uh, and then but. Uh, do you know Ginger from the Wild Hearts? Do you know Ginger from the Wild Hearts? I do, but I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I didn't. I, I'm not in the habit of taking, delivering, um, you know, maple syrup to him on behalf <laughs> of a Canadian fan base. Maple syrup. <laughs> I remember I worked on a TV in a TV studio, my first job in London, and it, it did fifteen to one there. If you remember that oh, show, yeah, that's the, how the does that work William again? G. Stewart. The guy was just five, fifteen people, and they'd get knocked out through answering questions and that. And I remember the guy William G. Stewart. Um, someone had made him a cake on finals day and baked this cake. And um, he and I was like the runner at the studios. I brought him out to meet the person. He said, "Oh, thank you so much. That's um, uh, that's that's so great. Um, really kind of you. Thank you. I, I really enjoyed that." And then we walked out the back, and he just gave it to me. He goes, "Put that in the bin. There's no way I'm eating that." <laughs> you, you can't though, can you? Like, he, said, he, said, he said, "You don't know what we've done to that. Yeah, it might be yeah. hair and all sorts of things." <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a famous American YouTuber who who hosted a meet and greet where fans could go and pay to see them. And this this girl. Um, brought him some cookies or uh, some muffins and he ate one there was a needle in it and it went <gasps> on the f- top of his mouth and then she got obviously got arrested and apparently she said in the interview that she just wanted to make him feel something <laughs> yeah oh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we've we've got you we've got you a batch of muffins as well so you can take away with you Justin when you go are, are they vegan? <laughs> yeah, they are. Okay. now I know you're very pressed for time mate so we'll rattle through these last few ones um, you can give us sort of some quick fire answers if, if, if you desire um, Alex Rail on Twitter says how does it feel to have the best Christmas song of all time so based on that do you think you that the darkness have the best Christmas song of all time? 
Ooh. The best Christmas song of all time is most probably going to be Fairy Tale of New York. Yeah, that's what we said on the way up. You know, and I think, I even think that uh, above our one last Christmas, I put that over above it. Mm. As is as is a great one. Yeah, you know, I, I'm 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 quite self-critical with those things because uh, I love it. I mean, I always whenever we play, I just get a thrill. It's just pure joy. Mm. Um, I'm a bit loath to sort of refer to it as one of the greatest ever, but it is like a, a, an awesome moment in our career, and we just love it. You know, is it a surreal moment uh, when? you're just like you might be in a pub with your mates at Christmas time and you just hear that, is that do you ever get used to that? What happens is like a, I, I always hear it um, the, the weirdest time is when um, when you're in Tesco's or you're in like the the supermarché yeah. and then it's in a Christmas compilation yeah because that's when it's just being thrown up and you know there's no, there's nobody in Tesco's going spinning the trays <laughs> oh, he's in, in aisle six here we go you know? not, whereas in the pub I think it's, there's always a slight, slight suspicion yeah okay, okay you know there's a slight suspicion that somebody's seen you and stuck it on the jukebox you know uh, you've played on on stage with Johnny Depp what's, yes. what's Depp like? Uh, he's an excellent guitar player yeah um, he, he's just um he has a weird presence, like he just sort of, uh, he's a movie star. Yeah. And it's just weird to see somebody in, in a different context. And like when he comes into the dressing room, it's like I can see everybody getting tense and like, fuck, how do we talk to this guy? You know? It's, yeah. Um, but he just, just seems really nice. You know, I didn't get that close to him or anything like that, but uh, he was very friendly. Is he good at the old? Yeah, I think he started off as a guitarist. I was surprised at how good he was, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, um, you might not want to uh, answer this one, um, but you, as you're respected in the industry... Yeah, persuasive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes. The puppy dog eyes. Go on. Uh, I, just, I just feel sorry for it. <laughs> <laughs> who Because there's no real way of answering this and, and maintaining some kind of humbleness, but who's the biggest name in your phone book? Because you must have met them all. Let's have a look. Oh, he is. He is. I love it. He might be Johnny Depp, actually. Oh, he's in your phone book. Yeah, but he's, um, I put him under a fake name. Oh, clever. Uh, Elton John. (laughs) (laughs) He's Elton John in his Johnny Depp. Uh, <laughs> it could be a never-ending trail. <laughs> yeah, you got to remember, right? No. <laughs> Which oh, one is he? sorry, Brian May. I, mean, I, I was trying I to call Taylor Swift. Bon <laughs> <laughs> um, ooh. Oh, I'm so. I don't kidding. know how big these people are. Give us some names. Give us names. We'll judge. Yeah. All right. Um, I don't know if I should. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> this is. All right, hang on a second. Uh, I'll just go from the top. Here we go. Oh, yes. Right. The surviving members of the Bee Gees. Wow. That's, that's good. Right, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. With that no, as well. yeah. I'm lying completely. That would just oh. be Barry, wouldn't it? I suppose that's under B, isn't it? And yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's, no, no, that's how it. you know I'm cheating. Uh, AXA Roadside Assistance. Nice. Oh, nice. Nice. That's... Nice. Uh, I don't know if that was some cool rock band I heard <laughs> yeah. of, so I had to go yeah. along with it. No, that's, that's, Electronic rather. That's uh, Tito Jackson, actually, but I had to put him in his AXA roadside assistance. And um, let me go through these. Oh, there's nobody there. There's yes, nobody there is, Justin. No, no, there really isn't. If you told me you had God's number, I'd believe it. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> Oh no, I've given it away. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, there's, I, I get as far as D and there's nobody big. Um, then there's Dip. Billy Duffy from Nicole. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Billy Duffy. My favourite. Gaga? Um, Madame Gaga. Yeah. Yeah, she's in there as a real name and I've forgotten what that is. I'll come across it soon. <laughs> <laughs> this system you have is, uh, is, know, is it's flawed. flawed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. yeah, you're right. Uh, sorry. No, that's all right. Take of course, someone's saved in here as fraud, scum, cunt. So I, must got, <laughs> I must have cut a really nasty... Uh, I just got caught out somewhere. That's Lady Gaga's real name. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what people have saved me as. <laughs> when I forward my number to them, I just saved them the effort. <laughs> fraud, uh, scum, cunt. Fraud, scum, cunt. That's me. <laughs> um, I really haven't got anybody famous in here. Uh, Johnny Depp was quite good. Yeah, yeah, but that's all you need. Isn't it? Oh, there's this one. Oh, who is it? Yeah, that's decent. <laughs> that's decent. <laughs> who is it? Yeah, I'm. You're torn about saying that, aren't you? I am a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is um, it a controversial one? Is it? No, nope. but I am torn. Oh, brilliant! Oh, brilliant! That is cool. Oh, you're brilliant. You're good. Caught in your feet there. Yeah, very, very, very sharp. It was brilliant. You, uh, oh yeah, this you might remember this. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have that one as well. Yeah, have you? Oh, really? Should we check? What? Oh, don't. If we're oh. looking at the same, have you? If you were, um... they're showing each other contacts. Yeah, I have yeah. no. You're my most famous, Jack. <laughs> um, well, if you want examples, number I'll guitarist uh... <laughs> <laughs> from Europe. I'm your man. <laughs> Tom Grennan. Have you got Max Fosh's number? <laughs> Actually, I do. It's weird, like, because I'm looking through these things and I see names that I think should be famous names. Right. And then they're just not, you know. What, you mean like the name sounds yeah, famous? Yeah, it's like, oh, that's, uh, I know that's, that person. Oh, yeah. Because is that still the same number, is it? I don't know. Who are you, who are you swapping? Ralph Little. Ralph Little. Ralph Little. Oh, wow, you two are cool. Phone number, isn't it? You two are cool. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, yeah. Oh, I feel left out. That's lovely good. Boy, lovely boy. Got Great mini football player, actually. <laughs> you ever played football with Ralph? Actually? Yeah. Uh, I, no, I, I haven't, no. No, I, I did it at Wembley Stadium, actually. Yeah, he's a oh, very, so, very good uh, defensive <laughs> midfielder, kind of yeah. marauding. Justin, Robbie wants to tell you about his accolade that he got when you went in goal. Tell him. I am the first goalkeeper to win a trophy at the new Wembley Stadium. <laughs> look at that loving look. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> When they when they rebuilt it, it turns out you can't just have you can't just open a stadium and have the FA Cup final. You have to have different events at different things to test it out. And the mm. first day they opened to the public, they had a little three way tournament, and we had a soccer AM team. And I was in goal, and we won the tournament. So I was such a cock that year. Wow. And during the cup final, I was in the pub going, thing is, when you've been out on that pitch, what you got to understand? <laughs> What's going through Petrchek's head right now? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And. Um, I can't let you go, Justin, without actually clearing this up. Um, you, you, you claim that you're a distant cousin to the late, great t Taylor Hawkins. No, I don't claim that. There's a person in Ireland that claims to be the missing link between... Oh. oh. So you don't actually, you don't actually know them? I don't them. know. He doesn't know either. We, 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 we knew him pretty well, you know, and he's um, our drummer's godfather. He was our drummer's godfather. Mm. And... Um, yeah, he's uh, been a friend of the band for years, really. But um, I met him when we were working on, uh, I was working on a meatloaf record about 12, 12 years ago or something. Mm. And um, 
he was contributing songs for it, I was contributing songs for it, and we were talking about this family that exists in Ireland <laughs> wow. that claims to be the missing claims to be the missing link, really. Unreal. Um, but my family um were from Canada. I think he's he's from Texas. Um, but we've both got Irish connections as well. So who knows? It might be true. I mean who knows? Let's say let's say it is true. Let's just say it. Well, is. I mean, I I always thought there was a, a an affinity. Mm. You know. Yeah, there we go. Okay, um, Justin, you're an absolute delight, mate. Thank you so much Thanks, for coming guys. in. On I really our, enjoyed it. On our really podcast, steamy and hot in here. After it's very hot. It, yeah. it is warm. It is warm. The but fitting um, aircon today. Yeah, after this evening. That'll take the um, yeah. sort of fun away. From yeah, we, we won't use it. We're old school. Yeah. <laughs> What's next for the darkness? Well. Um, after this, I've got to go and um, do some promo because we're announcing some uh, arena shows next year with um, Blackstone Cherry. Do you know that band? I know the name. Out of them, yeah. yeah. My, mate Kentucky, Joel, my mate Joel is a big fan. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so mm. we're doing some joint headline stuff in in January, I think. And we've got festivals, like uh, we're playing at... Um, I've completely forgotten what the festivals are that we're playing at, but there's a few of them. So. We'll be there. <laughs> just yeah, do a just Google. Sure Go to down for those. <laughs> festivals. Played live shows. Three or four. There's a couple of English ones, and most of it's abroad, really. But um, next year is uh, the 20th anniversary of Permission to Land, so there's all Amazing. we'll be doing stuff like that, that later in the year, I suppose. Incredible. And your YouTube channel, Justin Hawkins Rides Again. Oh, yeah. Tell people where they can go and see that. If I they... think that's youtube.com. <laughs> there, <laughs> we, there we go. There's some brilliant stuff on there, though. They're, it's they're, amazing. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. The way oh, you thanks, dissect um, musicians and, and whatnot. Yeah, so head over to that. Justin Hawkins Rides Again. This has been Jack Makes Happy Hour Podcast with Robbie Knox, Alfie Indra, and the wonderful Justin Hawkins. Justin, we always finish on the same question. What is the meaning of life? Oh, <laughs> Oh, well, okay. The meaning of life. <laughs> there is no meaning. <laughs> this is meaningless nonsense, the whole thing. You just got to try and enjoy it, guys. Love it. See you next week, guys. Cheers. Jack Mates Happy Hour. Jack Mates Happy Hour is a stack production.